Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Become the authentic and empowered you that this world needs. I'm Sarah Saunders. And I'm Heather Drago. For those of you returning, thanks for sticking with us. We appreciate you and we're glad you're finding our content helpful. A quick reminder, while Sarah is a licensed professional clinical counselor, this podcast is in no way a replacement for one-on-one therapy with a mental health professional. If you're struggling with mental health issues, we welcome you on this journey, but also invite you to seek out professional help. Go to this episode's page on our website and click the link to find a therapist near you. Today, Sarah's going to share how you can grow your brain. Yes, you heard that right. Grow your brain by developing an arsenal of skills through learning and practicing how to set boundaries. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Heather. You guys, the concept of boundaries is not new, but the process of developing them continues to be challenging, which is a huge reason as to why Heather and I created this podcast. (laughs) You got that right. (laughs) (laughs) So personal limits and boundaries are tools necessary for surviving safely in the world. It's been estimated that at least half of all of the problems humans encounter in life are of their own making based on the way they think. So Mm. often those problems are related to boundary issues. Individuals with healthy, appropriate boundaries are able to know and understand and state their personal limits and boundaries as well as their family limits. What's really important to know, and I don't think it's talked about enough, is that as human beings, we are actually born with virtually no boundaries. But we have the ability to learn to set these healthy limits. And it's a process that should begin at a very young age. Children absorb information about boundaries from watching their caretakers and role models, just as they learn pretty much everything else in infancy. So think back to your childhood for a second. I want you to think about like, were you allowed or even encouraged to say the word no? Were you expected to say yes to whatever your parents or teachers or your care providers wanted you to do? 
if so, you may have found yourself agreeing to things you really didn't want to do. I remember for me growing up, saying no, it was like a form of disrespect. So you... Mm. You weren't supposed to say no. And so Mm -hmm. I, as a parent, now have to really encourage my kids and respect when they say no. So I ask them a question. And if they do say no, I have to say, okay, thanks for letting me know. Let's figure out a different way to go about this. When I when I was growing up, um, I was raised by a single mom who was really struggling. We were in intense poverty for my first 10 years. She was working three jobs to raise me. And so it wasn't that it was like outwardly said, you can't say no. It was, I could see what she was going through and I wanted to be the perfect child to make Mm -hmm. it easier for her. Like I just, not that I was like, I need to make it easier, but like, I could just see that we were struggling and it was like, I didn't want to rock the boat. Mm -hmm. And so I, I felt like there were like really bad consequences if I said no. So it was that that perfect child syndrome, that caretaker Mm -hmm. syndrome at a really young age. So I think we all learn this or we, we, we're, we don't learn to say no for a lot of different reasons. Absolutely. And, and I can relate to that. It's, it's Mm -hmm. this desire to comply so that we can then feel connected to that person. And, and Mm -hmm. then there's no confrontation, right? Like if we just go with the flow, Exactly. So what's interesting is two of the shortest words in the English language are yes and no. And yet they're often the ones that require the most thought before they're said. Remember, if setting boundaries is hard for you, you're not alone. Like I had mentioned previously, the reason Heather and I created this podcast because We know that this is something that we struggle with, which in turn, we know other people are struggling with. So, and especially in the clinical work that I do day in and day out, I'm working with people to change these generational patterns that they've had for so long. And a lot of that stems from the lack of boundary setting. So we want to empower you to start to develop these skills so that you can start making changes and start teaching your kids to do the same. So Mm -hmm. just remember, it's never too late. Right. I'm going to back up for a second, and I'm going to put my clinical hat on. It's important to note that boundary setting is, in fact, a skill-based task, meaning that in order to be successful at having boundaries, you must practice specific things to develop it. So just like in the previous mini-sode when I talked about emotional intelligence, there are certain skills that you have to practice to grow that skill, to grow in your emotional intelligence. Boundaries is actually the same thing. So I I couldn't help but get overly excited when I discovered that learning and educating yourself is the key to slowing down brain aging. So wow. 
Yeah. So the more you know, the more you stretch your brain's capacity for learning. So for those Mm. of you that are constantly listening, not just to our podcast, but to other personal and professional development podcasts, you're reading books, you're getting CEUs, going to trainings, whatever ways that you're taking a conscious, active step and educating yourself, you're actually doing yourself and your brain a huge favor. While human brain development is over by around the age of 25, our brains continue to change throughout our lives. This ability of our brains to change is due to its brain plasticity, which is also known as neuroplasticity. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to geek out for a second. So just hang tight. (laughs) Um, But I want to just explain in layman's terms, this concept of neuroplasticity. So it describes how experiences reorganize neural pathways in our brain, long lasting functional changes in the brain occur when we learn new things. Wow. This is another reason why a majority of my therapeutic work incorporates growth mindset. Our brains are are truly amazing. I'm not going to get into too much more with that, but yeah. I think it's really important to understand how malleable our brains are. Mm-hmm. When we learn something new, we create new connections between our neurons. We rewire our brains to adapt to new circumstances. So this happens on a daily basis, whether we're realizing it or not, but it's something that we can actually encourage and we can stimulate. So in our interview with Jamal Collins, he talked a lot about building an arsenal of skills And in order to build that arsenal, you have to experiment and try new things. Right. Learning a new skill, it can absolutely be hard at first. And we've talked about in previous episodes, it's like that muscle. The more that you practice it, the stronger it gets. And so when it comes to our brain, the neural pathways associated with that difficult task is strengthened with practice each time you do it, each time you exercise it, it becomes easier. Yeah. And Sarah, can I jump in real quick? So I, I keep hearing the word practice and it makes me think of two things. One, when I, when I recognize that I needed to learn to say no, and I recognize I needed to practice saying no, I made it a task, like I made it a challenge I had to do every single day. Um, And so you have, it's repetitive, you have to do it daily, right over and over. And I had to do it at least once per day. But then the other thing about the word practice is it's not always going to be done well. Practice sometimes doesn't go very well, but that's how we learn. So Sometimes when I practice saying no, I messed up or I hurt someone's feelings or I I fumbled through it or I I wasn't as um, assertive as I should be or whatever. But I eventually developed the skills to say no. And it also makes me think of like an artist in a sketchbook, like you shouldn't, it's practice. You shouldn't care if it looks good. It it should, some of it should look really bad because that's how you learn how to draw. So this practice, this daily repetition, this constant habit or, or 
mindset, like you say, mm-hmm. of, of challenging ourselves to do these things when they're hard is how we get better at them and how we grow our brain. 100%. And that whole idea of kind of fail, like first attempt in learning, yeah. you, you have to make mistakes for your brain to, you know, stretch and grow. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to go through it to grow through it. I know that's mm-hmm. something we've talked about, you know, before. So in that last mini sode, understanding emotional intelligence, I broke down the five elements, um, and kind of gave you guys steps to develop a deeper emotional intelligence. Those skills are now in your arsenal to better Mm -hmm. equip you and your brain when you're going through challenges. So now I just want to take some time to share how to kind of rev up this part of your brain and develop our boundary setting arsenal. Or sometimes I refer to like when I'm working with clients as kind of like your toolbox. So I know that I keep saying this over and over, but I want it to stick. Mm -hmm. Creating and enforcing clear boundaries, it takes time and it takes practice. Just like Heather was saying, it's not Mm -hmm. always going to go according to the plan you had in your head, but you have to keep doing it. Research shows that self-compassion and better boundaries lead to better self-esteem, more mental energy. Who doesn't want more mental energy? (laughs) I know I do. More independence, which in turn leads to more overall life satisfaction. So you have to build your arsenal or this toolbox for boundary setting Mm -hmm. in order to really like we talk about the whole reason for this podcast to live the life that you want. So I'm going to share your why. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to share just some tips that I not only teach clients, but these are things that I practice in my own life. Um, So the first thing really is to really being clear about what you want. So specifically focus on being assertive. When it comes to communication styles, there's four main styles, which are passive, aggressive, passive, aggressive, and assertive. The healthiest and most effective form of communication of these four styles is assertive communication. So some tips to kind of help strengthen that assertive communication muscle is taking ownership. So using I statements, Mm -hmm. I have provided an I statement worksheet for you to practice. You can find it in the show notes or go to our website. Um, Heather did a beautiful job of creating a resource tab that has it. It's the home for all of our downloadables and books and resources. So make sure to go and check that out. The other tip for exercising that assertive muscle is saying no. Mm -hmm. which again, a huge reason for this podcast. Heather's mentioned this, no is a complete sentence. Right. This is a reminder to practice saying no. You cannot make everyone happy and that's not your job. Your job is to make yourself happy. So continue to practice saying no and do it clearly, unapologetically, without hesitation or 
saying it without trying to justify your reasoning. Right. Someone who respects your boundaries doesn't need a reason. They just respect your boundary. Exactly. Voice your needs and desires confidently. And so planning what you're going to say. Um, I actually will do these exercises with clients. We come up with like specific sentences or words that you can use. So if you need help with this, Again, go visit our website and under that resource tab, Heather had created a no score sheet. And at the very bottom of that score sheet, we actually came up with different ways to say no. So this is just kind of to get you started, but you can create your own little toolbox of little sayings that you can say regularly when you're faced with an interaction that needs a boundary. Another thing that's really important when we are working on building this toolbox of boundary setting is safeguarding your space. And so what I mean by this is it's important, and we've talked about this, I believe, with Jamie Spear and her episode of really making sure that we schedule non-negotiable like alone time for self-care or for family time, Mm -hmm. setting a cutoff time for answering emails or texts. Um, Use, I don't know if you guys have used this before, but they have that like out of office responder on your email. You can use this like on Mm -hmm. weekends or on vacation, um, just to make sure you're setting that boundary that other people are aware, but then also you're not responding to people. Yeah. So Sarah, one of the things I do with that is if I have a big project or a big deadline and I know I'm not going to really be able to focus on anything else because I'm, as I've talked about before, I block my time very carefully. I will set that up like maybe it's for two days or a day or an afternoon. And I'll just say, I'm working with a client, you know, I value your email and I'm looking forward to getting back in touch with you, but I'm working with another client right now or I'm working on a, on a project and, um, will be unavailable for the next X number of hours, but I will get, you're very important to me and I'll get back to you soon. So, you know, it's just, sometimes you just have to let people know um, and, and assertively, but um, you know, carefully explain why you're not available if it's like during regular business hours. Right. That that's a really good point is that sometimes there does deserve a little bit more of an explanation. And so trying to have that self-awareness to recognize when can it be just a hard no, there doesn't need to be an explanation. But other times you can set that boundary, but you might have to give a little bit of an explanation. Um, One of the things specifically working with teens and even I've had to do this myself, I recently did this, was temporarily deleting certain social media apps on your phone because so often we can find ourselves just mindlessly scrolling or um, if you see that little, you know, that little notification, it, it just makes our brain go right to that, which is very... That's, you know, why, uh, so that's why they do it. Exactly. Exactly. But so, you know, temporarily delete some of those, those things. Um, you can also use the do not disturb feature on your phone, um, to kind of help with that. 
And another thing, and this is something that I'm working through as well, as I'm creating boundaries around food is not having like unhealthy treats around the house, like setting boundaries. It could be as simple as that. Like if you go, I know there's not a lot of gatherings right now, but if you go somewhere and they offer you to take home extra cake or whatever, like just not having treats around because that can you know, tempt you, it can create that brain fog, um, or derail you from some of your goals. Can I tell you an embarrassing story? Please. (laughs) So I mentioned all the time that I'm always building websites and stuff. And I used to have a jar uh, next to my desk on this little shelf. Um, It was my candy jar and I would keep things like Starburst or Tootsie Rolls. And it's you know, when your brain gets fatigued, it craves sugar. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes when I was on a deadline and I had to keep going, I would just allow myself a a Tootsie Roll or two as as I would, you know, work just to keep going. And one time, not that long ago, I was building a website and I looked up and the jar was empty and there were a pile of Tootsie Roll wrappers on my desk. And I literally could not remember when I ate them. I was like, (laughs) what? just happened are you kidding me so the jar is now gone <laughs> I do not buy the rolls anymore but it was just like literally in the span of two hours I think I ate a bag of Tootsie Roll like I I it yeah it was embarrassing so yeah I've had to remove that kind of stuff from my house because I'm supposed to limit sugar now and um yeah you don't even know you go in this brain fog you don't yep. even know you're doing it and you're just like inhaling stuff and, well yeah. I don't want you to feel like a lone soldier so I'm gonna <laughs> share my embarrassing story so again for those of you listeners or for those of you that follow me on my Instagram you all are very aware that Tristan <laughs> went through a terrible terrible yeah. four month sleep regression that actually went from like four months five months and we're still in it a little bit But my husband had bought um, Oreos, which we never keep in the house. And we were using those. We were using those as bribery. Parents, you've been there. Um, And specifically with some potty issues with Beckham, you know, he poops on the potty, he gets an Oreo. Well, it was very late at night and I was exhausted. Like you said, your body's craving sugar. I ate a sleeve of them, like an entire <laughs> sleeve. Oh, so what yeah. I did is as my brain looked over and was like, just like the Tootsie Roll jar, every they were all gone. I realized a sleeve of Oreos was gone. So I ended up taking the rest of the Oreos. I not only threw them in the trash, I used dish soap and put <gasps> dish soap all over the Oreos so that oh. I did not impulsively eat the rest of them. Wow. Wow. That's a good tip. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I will not allow my husband. I, so I'm a, I love golden Oreos. So you, no one is allowed to bring golden Oreos or Fritos into my house because I will eat them all. I will eat them all. So yeah, I've been there. I've never had those ones, but yeah, Oreos, anything chocolate, anything with sugar is, is just not good. So, so part of that safeguarding your space, like having that boundary is, you know, not allowing those unhealthy treats or to have boundaries around. Okay. Two Oreos is okay. Or two Tootsie Rolls is okay. Right. Mm -mm, Not Um, for me. (laughs) (laughs) So 
but but just know like we're human although i'm sharing these things with you like it's okay if you and i'm air quoting like fall off the wagon or have a bad day it doesn't right. mean that you have to continue it just be aware of it yeah so yeah. the next part to again build this toolbox for boundary setting is seek support. So designate a cheerleader, or I like to use the term accountability. (laughs) So set yourself up for success by like designating a really good friend, a family member, a significant other, maybe even if you're working with like a therapist, um, you can kind of use this, you can use that no tracker sheet. Um, Mm -hmm. but to have someone that is there to, to help you, to cheer you on when you have these successful moments. So when you set a new boundary, let that person know, write it down, share it with them. You can call them, you can text them, FaceTime, Zoom, like get creative with how you celebrate that. And you can, you can absolutely be your own cheerleader. I think that that's really important. But if you're having trouble, um, it's always important to to seek support. Mm -hmm. And then the last thing, and this is something that I know I've had to work on a lot. And as I've exercised this skill, it's, it's made such an impact in so many areas of my life. But first and foremost, you have to give yourself permission. So fear, guilt, and self-doubt are big potential pitfalls when it comes to boundary setting. So Mm -hmm. you have to consciously remind your brain that it's okay to do what you're doing. Literally saying to yourself, like, it's okay to say no. Like, look yourself in the mirror. Sarah, it's okay to say no. It's okay to feel that way it's okay to change your mind. Like yep. just giving yourself permission is really important. Um, so then you feel like what you're doing, you know, in your gut, you need that boundary to be set, but you also have to give yourself permission. Yeah. I mean, we always say at the end of our longer episodes, it's not only okay, it's the key to living an empowered life. And, and so, but the, it's hard, it's hard to remember that in the moment you know and so you have to remind yourself and say you know there's a reason why i'm doing this and it's okay to feel this way but you know it's okay to say no too exactly and and this is also one of those things um that you can just write down like if you do have a morning routine or you know post-its or the notes section of your phone, like write these little things down so that you can continue. It's almost, you want to like memorize these things so that it just Mm -hmm. becomes an automatic thought when a boundary needs to be set. So what I hope that you all get out of this mini-sode is to remember that setting and sustaining boundaries, it is a skill. It takes courage, it takes practice, and it takes support. So we are so, so glad that you took time to listen. And we cannot wait to hear about how you are becoming a boundary builder. Yeah. Let us know. We would love to have more feedback. We'd love to get more emails and comments on social media. We want to know how you're how you're applying this information in your life and if you're able to set boundaries more. 
So thanks, Sarah. This was really great. And I'm sure a lot of people like me will find everything you just shared with us super helpful. It is always my pleasure. Thanks, you guys, for tuning in. Hi, my name is Sarah, and I want to tell you about my podcast called Can I Offer You Some Feedback? I'm a business consultant and executive coach with over 20 years experience in change management, leadership development, and naturally providing feedback to high performers. My podcast is for those of you who have a complicated relationship with feedback, whether giving, receiving, avoiding, or seeking. Feedback is essential for our development. In each episode, you'll hear from real people across industries with their ideas, perspectives, and best practices on feedback. I'll also be sharing business bites with you, simple explanations of organizational tools, management techniques, and leadership philosophies that will help you and your businesses thrive. You can listen to Can I Offer You Some Feedback on your favorite podcast app or learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com.